Jones to the left of me, Jokers to the right of me. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. This is Dick Morris. It's noon on Sunday, and between noon and one, uh, we have my radio show. So be sure to tune in. We'll talk to you about politics and everything else and put everything in its proper, I hope, perspective. Biden is absolutely killing the Democratic Party in the governor's race that's coming up on Tuesday in New Jersey and in Virginia. Uh, it's unbelievable the drag he is on the ticket. Stop dragging my heart around. Stop dragging me through the poll, through the minus numbers in the polls. Uh, Biden has fallen in favorability from 55% to 37%, a drop of almost 20 points. And while that's been going on, Youngkin has gone from a 20-point lead to what one poll shows to be an eight-point deficit. And the other polls basically show to be, with Youngkin, the Republican, narrowly ahead. So McAuliffe, the Democrat in Virginia, is absolutely getting killed by the drag that he's experiencing from Joe Biden. Uh, thanks a lot, Guy. So nice to have a top of the ticket that will help you out and come into the state and campaign for you. And uh, then in New Jersey, a race that was not a race, uh, is now becoming a major race as Chitterelli is absolutely gaining and very likely to, and very possibly going to win. Uh, again, entirely due to the problems uh, brought on by Biden's uh, absolute collapse in ratings. Now, but first let's look at why this ra- these races are important. If you live in New Jersey, yeah, uh, important because it's your governor, it's your state. But if you live anyplace else, New York, New Jersey, and Virginia are critically important because this is your chance to vote against inflation. This is your chance to, uh, to speak up against the Biden program. And, uh, it's, this may be the only chance that you have if you live in Jersey or in Virginia to vote against what Biden is trying to do in Congress. Because if the, Republicans win those seats, win those two governorships. Biden is not going to be able to get his program passed. The Democratic Party will be thrown into an absolute terror, and there's no way that they're going to walk the plank for Joe Biden. Uh, they're not going to, they realize he doesn't have any coattails. He can't drag them over the finish line. He can just drag them down. And uh, that is going to send the Democrats into a conniption, and they're going to uh, flake on him. So, but the other point about the Virginia race and the Jersey race, in particular the Virginia race, is that it's exposing very important fault lines in the Democratic Party, very important negatives that are beginning to occur. The Democratic Party depends, is a four-legged animal. Okay, the first leg is the black vote, second leg is the Hispanic vote, third leg is the young person's vote, fourth leg is suburban white mothers. And uh, those are the four legs that underpin the Democratic Party. 
and one after another they're getting taken out from under the Democrats in the race in Virginia. You start with the uh, with the black vote. The impact of the firings of ordinary civil servants, uh, cops, firefighters, and workers in every industry, factory workers, of firing them for failing to get vaccines is absolutely lethal to Joe Biden uh, because he is firing his base voters uh, and he's taking away their ability to support their children, to keep their families fed and in homes uh, because they won't get a shot. Uh, and they, they, they're willing to take tests. They're willing to be proven to be negative each time they show up for work. Cops and firefighters are, and most other workers would be. Uh, but that's not good enough. It's not good enough that you, that you're not sick and you don't carry the virus. You gotta also have a vaccine. And even if you have the vaccine, you still can spread the virus. So the virus is not, the vaccine is not the, the permanent answer to spreading. Testing is, if you don't have the virus, you can't spend it, can't spread it. So here's the situation. A cop or a firefighter or any of the other industries that are affected and every industry is affected has got to get a shot that does not stop him from being contagious but cannot replace the shot with a test that proves that he's not contagious. Okay, does that make sense, guys? And at stake in between that is his job, his livelihood, ability to support his family. And since 70% of blacks are not vaccinated uh, compared to about 40% of whites, uh, this is setting up a real racial divide here that is seriously hurting Biden. Uh, his favorability among black voters has declined to 55% from 80%, and it's now only slightly above white voters. And the big issue that's driving them down is this mandatory vaccination, which is so stupid. It makes no sense whatsoever. Forget the fact that the virus is going away, that deaths from the virus in October uh, dropped by over 25%. And that's as colder weather comes on, which normally increases the deaths from the flu and diseases caused by viruses. And as we said, the shot is not the answer to making it good to communicability of the disease. And yet the shot is being the, the mandate of the government that you better obey or you'll lose your job. Hispanics, the second leg that's holding up the Democratic Party, are moving away from them also because Hispanics uh, are increasingly realizing that the left is anti-American. They're dumping on America. They're moving against it. And they're saying we're un- that we're a racist nation, that we're terrible, that uh, the United States is responsible for all the evils in the world, and uh, they're questioning whether we're democratic. And all of this is on falling on the ears of Latinos who themselves risked their lives to come here uh, and their ancestors risked, risked their lives. And in a great many cases, and certainly in Cuba and Venezuela and Guatemala and also to a great extent in Mexico, these Latinos have seen what socialism is firsthand. And they've understood it and they've understood that this is a disaster. And now they see it coming to the land that they fled to. 
the the other thing that is dragging him down is that he's losing support and, and democratic candidates all over are from mothers in the suburbs uh in the past polling trump did very poorly in the uh in the suburbs and now he's doing very well and uh that's a a dramatic change uh and and it's largely attributable uh to the animosity that suburban moms are feeling against the school system uh the, the they they were originally alienated from the school system when uh when the when schools were closed all during the pandemic and uh and the uh they felt they were closed for too long they felt that their kids were being deprived of an education. And they also strongly suspected that the teachers union had no problem with showing up for work and getting paid and not working or not showing up for work, sleeping late, but still getting paid. And that turned the parents against the education bureaucracy. And I think that that's, that's terribly important. Let's go to Josh in Dodds Ferry. Hey, Josh. Hey, Josh. Mr. Morris. How are you doing? Great speaking to you. Thank you. And you know something? This 400000 they want to give to the illegals, I know that they're going to get a cut. They call it the cartel, the drug cartel. I don't like giving them fancy names. They're drug deals. You know they're going to get their cut their because it can help them come in here. Yep. I would give those countries a bill. I just want to tell the people... The PTA, the Parents Teachers Association, and they don't want the parents to have any influence. But you got to remember, there are a lot of people in this country who agree with this. I mean, I know you keep saying Republican, Hispanic, Republican. What about California? That would be the biggest Republican state of them all. It's, it's the majority of now Hispanics, and they vote Democratic over there. So why are we pushing this old-time Republican, you know, they're going to save Social Security? This is nonsense. When people are looking at what's going on right now, and right down the menu, it doesn't look good. New York City, it looks like a horror yeah. show going on. Well, you're, you're right. But let's go back to your original point, which is the $400,000. What that is, is that the uh, illegal immigrants are suing because they were, play- they were separated from their children at the border and they were placed in separate facilities. And they are suing the government for damages for doing that. And to settle that lawsuit, Biden is said to be offering them $400,000 apiece. Now, they're illegal, what business they have using our court system. Uh, they came to the border with their children, knowing damn well that separation was a possibility. The separation uh, was humane and, and in, they're not alleging brutality or anything like that. Uh, and yet Biden is prepared to pay them $400,000 each. What that is going to do to encourage more people to come, you can you can only guess. Obviously, it's going to be a major thing, and it's ridiculous that Biden is offering that. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you. And I'm wondering what it is I should do. So, stuck in the middle with you. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right, here I am, stuck in the middle with you. So what's going on in New Jersey and mainly in Virginia is the fierce reaction of mothers to being totally locked out and excluded from decisions about their children's education. In the, in the school board meetings, uh, 
it's coming to light the kinds of reading material that their children are being assigned in school. Uh, at one school board meeting, the uh, reporter for uh, Gateway Pundit got up and read to the school board an excerpt from Queer Nation, which was a book that was put on the library shelves at the high school by order of the school board. And it describes in detail uh, sex using strap-on dildos and uh, an oral sex between two men, two boys. Describes it in explicit detail with diagrams, and the and the school board, uh, the the guys, people were outraged. The mothers complaining to the school board. Now, a bill had been passed earlier, the a few years before, during McAuliffe's governorship, by the legislature, saying that any time a cl- children were assigned uh, salacious or graphic material, they would have to be notified the parents, and would have the right to object. Teach your children well Their father's hell did slowly go by And feed them on your dreams The one they fix So, the vetoed that bill. So when they teach explicit sex, uh, whether gay or straight, with diagrams and everything else, in school, mothers do not have the right to know, they don't have the right to object, and they don't have the right to demand more appropriate material be taught in the school. Uh, so the mothers are going absolutely crazy. And then you add to that the idea that they are being forced to put up with uh, the critical race theory being taught in school. So that literally our schools are not teaching brotherhood. They're teaching uh, opposition to whites. They're teaching the idea that whites are inherently racist, that our society is based on racism, that all of our progress to date has become about by exploiting blacks. And when mothers object to that, Terry McAuliffe, the candidate for the Democrats for governor of Virginia, said, and I'm quoting, I don't think parents should be able to march into schools and tell them what to teach. Well, with the nuclear family falling apart in our society and parental authority being challenged at every side, which causes drug abuse, alcohol abuse, uh, and all kinds of social ills, is it really time to diminish the authority of parents in our culture. We all know that when parents and educators push together for the same goals, uh, they're going to be much more effective and it's going to really help their child's education. And yet they're fomenting a civil war between them. The, in mother, the mad mothers, the angry mothers movement is really fundamentally the Tea Party movement brought back to life. It's a spontaneous revolt by people who are affected by liberal, woke policies and whose children are being victimized by that. And that is just horrible. And it is causing a grassroots backlash that I think is going to be very significant in the politics, not just in these races, but in races down the road. Uh, let's go to um, James in New Jersey. Hi, James. You all set to vote in your race? 
Hello. Yes, Mr. Morrison. I'm so glad you took my call. My concern, you know, you know, I spoke to some students here um, in high school. They haven't talked too much about, you know, uh, being taught the critical race theory. Now, my concern, of course, is about the election here because they've had, you know, the week of early voting. And I just feel the same thing may happen, what happened to our good president, Donald Trump, where they're just going to be holding those votes. And then after November 2nd, they're just going to be hauling in some kind of votes for the Democrats. And I just want to know your feeling on that. Yeah, I think that certainly is true. There is no requirement in Virginia that there be photo ID presented when you vote. I don't know about New Jersey. So there is that real possibility, and uh, we have to guard against it. I hope that the uh, campaigns have done a good job of protecting against it. I spoke to the guy running the um, Youngkin campaign in Virginia, and he says they are absolutely guarding against that and working hard at that. So, um, so I think maybe we'll be okay on that. The early voting statistic is that while there are more Democrats than Republicans in the early voting, it is not by an overwhelming margin. Uh, it's about a three to two ratio. Whereas in the 2020 election, it was about a four to one ratio of Democrats over Republicans. So, uh, I hope that that's going to be okay and it certainly is worth focusing on that. Now, one of the main things that is driving mothers crazy is the mandate to vaccinate, uh, the mandate to take shots, for, and in particular for children. Uh, I checked the stats the other day. Do you know how many people, how many children, well, let me start, how many adults 75 or over have died of COVID? 291,000 Americans. How many 65 to 74 have died? 196,000. How many adults 45 to 64 have died of COVID? 160,000. Notice how it drops. How many 18 to 44 have died of COVID? Only 27,000. Okay, now get set for this. How many 5 to 18 have died of COVID? 455. And how many under the age of 4 have died? 202. So for that, for these 600 kids... And, and about 5,000 children in each of those age groups die every year of drowning or suffocation or cancer or heart disease or any of the other causes. We are literally turning this country upside down because 350, when you combine the two age groups, kids per year die of COVID. And yet we're absolutely making every child take that vaccine. We're vilifying parents that won't let them take the vaccine. And it really is, is an outrageous situation. I was a little boy. The devil called my name. Mama loves me like a rock, and that's what mothers do. And they protect their children against diseases, uh, but they also protect them against vaccines that have side effects 
that are be and and you know Norway, Sweden, Denmark, and Finland, all four Scandinavian countries, have banned the Moderna vaccine uh, because of side effects, and uh, the other vaccines are also on trial as well. We do not know what the latent side effects are of these vaccines. We don't know. Now, if you're older, certainly if you're over 75, if you're over 65, even if you're over 45, it makes a great deal of sense to take that risk because the we know how prone people are of those ages to die of COVID, and we know that that is vastly more of a risk than the potential risks of the vaccine. But when you're dealing with kids under the age of 18, where about 500 kids over two years have died between the ages of 5 and 18, and 202 have died under the age of 5 over two years, for God's sakes, is this worth subjecting them to a vaccine whose latent effects we don't know? And the reason we don't know it is the only way we can tell it is that we give the vaccine and we wait a couple of years. And in this case, you've got to wait 10 years or 20 years to see what the effects are. Remember after 9-11, everybody was talking about how many people were killed in the crash. And now it turns out more people died from breathing the air than from being forced to flee burning buildings and crashing to their deaths. And we didn't know that at the time. And you don't know it until several years have elapsed. Yet we are making children, infants, get this vaccine when there is no indication that it is truly necessary. Uh, it is just ridiculous. And, of course, these mothers are voting against the Democrats. And, by the way, I hate to be cynical and I hate to do conspiracy theory, but Joe Biden is closely linked financially at the pocketbook with Pfizer. Uh, Pfizer gave $500,000, I'm sorry, $400,000 to uh, Biden and his campaign. The Pfizer vice president used to be on Biden's staff. Pfizer delayed the announcement of the vaccine until after Election Day in order to defeat Donald Trump and elect Joe Biden. Pfizer, Biden owes Pfizer his life, his livelihood, his presidency. And he is insisting that everybody get vaccinated. And the only vaccine approved for children is Pfizer. So, and there's no history of deaths by these kids, of these kids. It's just ridiculous to be requiring this. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm, I'm stuck in the middle with you. So if you agree with me that, or even if you disagree with me, that there should be no mandates for five-year-olds or under to be vaccinated, that nobody should be fired from their job for failure to get vaccinated, that it would be much better to have them be required to pass tests at the door that show that they, they're not carriers. Uh, why make them get a vaccine where they have doubts or religious objections or perfectly valid reasons not to have the vaccine? And why fire them as a result of that? So call me at 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. 
Now, particularly outrageous in these firings are police and firefighters. Is there any danger from not getting the COVID shot if you're a cop and you're tested every day for COVID or every week for COVID? No. Does taking a shot enhance your lack of communicability of the disease? No. Uh, you can still communicate it as easily with the shot as without the shot. But yet they are firing cops and firefighters and nurses and, and everyone, factory workers, anybody employed, any place is going to be fired because they're not getting shots. Uh, this is absolutely ridiculous, outrageous, and uh, we should not let it happen. I am the god of hellfire, and I bring you fire. That was the god of hellfire, otherwise known as de Blasio. <laughs> that he's never been, that, that's something I'll bet he's never been called, but yeah. boy, he deserves it. Um, I want to go to uh, Linda in Long Island. Hey, Linda. Hi. Good morning. How you doing? Uh, I, the ACLU um, was the cause of uh, children being separated from their parents. They should be sued, not that Trump actually kept them together. No, they shouldn't. They, they weren't the cause. The, the cause was that the, the adults showed up with, oh, no, you were right. You were right. Right. The ACLU, the ACLU said complained. that you've got to give children special care. You can't lock them up with adults, uh, that that would violate their constitutional rights. You're absolutely right, and absolutely they should be sued. They shouldn't kept them together. Well, Linda, that is great. I, that had not occurred to me, and you're, you're absolutely right. And yet de Blasio, is, de Blasio Biden, that's the same thing, is planning to pay uh, these illegal immigrants $400,000 each as compensation for that, for uh, keeping them, the kids separate from their fathers. When you bring your kid to the border, what do you think is going to happen? You know you're there illegally. You know you're breaking the law. You know you're bringing the kid into a perilous situation. You should be happy the kid's not dead or beaten. Uh, the fact that he was inc incarcerated separately from you, uh, well, what do you think's going to happen? So uh, this is, is just ridiculous. It's the height of absurdity. But can you imagine the insanity of firing cops and firemen at a time when the death rate for murder is soaring as it is. Uh, it is just ridiculous to do that. Uh, we're dealing here with uh, a situation where the, the they're already defunding the cops. They already cut the police budget by $1 billion. Homicides are up 30% in New York City, and yet they're proceeding to lay them off because they don't have a vaccine, even when they are willing to take a test to prove that they don't have that they don't have COVID and that they're not carriers. This is is unbelievable. Let's go to Ralph in New Jersey. Hey, Ralph. Yeah, thank you for uh, taking my call, Dick. Uh, you know, I'm hoping, like just like you, that the uh, we will get a positive thrown out in this election because I like to believe this is the election. Let's go. This election will be the straw that will break the camel's back. Okay, people yes. are worried now about you know the situation with the school board and the mandate, and it, it, 
I see the flies here in New Jersey. I look at what Morphe is doing as adding insult to injury. Wasn't this the same Morphe that allow you know people to die in the nursing home? Yeah, if, it was. If I'm not mistaken. It was I mean, not just allowed, but he had nothing to do with the dying. It was the COVID, but he moved them to nursing homes. Uh, he moved COVID positive people to the nursing homes where the elderly who were not infected would be infected and would die. The same thing Cuomo did. Thanks for your call. You know, I have an idea about the school boards. Let me run by you all. I think that a majority of the school board members should be required to be parents of children who are actually in the schools that the school board is ruling. And that these parents should be chosen in elections that are only open to other parents. In other words, on, on election day for school boards, you come to vote, and if you're a parent, you go to a special line, and you can cast two votes, one for the school board members at large, and another for the school board members who represent parents. And there'll be a separate slate of candidates for each. Let parents control the school boards. Right now, because they schedule the school board elections on random off days and nobody really knows that they're happening and they're not well publicized and the teachers' union tries not to publicize them, the only people who vote are teachers' union members uh, or school board members and education bureaucrats. Parents don't even know the election is taking place. So they're always outvoted and they have no capacity to run their own school boards. And you get this kind of situation where they're teaching critical race theory, where they're imposing mandates for vaccine, where they're making kids read obscene and sexually explicit stuff, where they're hawking transgender surgery and they're encouraging people to uh, experiment sexually. You, you, you have that situation because the school boards do not represent the parents. And the parents are the ones who have the stake in this. They're the ones who have the kids there in the school. They should be allowed to have special members. So if you have a uh, 10-person school board, six of them should have to be parents of the kids currently in the schools. I think that that could be very important. I spoke to uh, Glenn Youngkin about that when he was on my television show yesterday. And it's an idea that I think he may be interested in. Uh, it's, it's the kind of thing that we really have got to do. Let's go to Alex in Mountain View, California or Georgia? California, I think. Hey, Alex. Thank you for taking my call. I had a suggestion for a possible compromise on this issue of the vaccine mandate and in general handling the pandemic. So I think there should be a federal law that allows any organization in the U.S. to heed the advice of any health agency in a Western country. So, for example, the police department in New York City is free to choose the advice of any health agency, say, in Europe. And if they find an agency that recommends against vaccine mandates, then that should be acceptable and allowed to stand. And the justification for this is that those health agencies in other Western countries are at least as good as the CDC. Well, I think that's a pretty good idea. Uh, I, I do believe, though, that there could be geographic differences based on climate and everything else. But that's that's a good thought. I think that testing is really the answer, though. You know, at the start of covid there was a fundamental decision that was made by Fauci and the NIH to go with vaccines as opposed to therapeutics and testing in treating and handling COVID. 
I believe that in addition to the massive money that was spent on developing a vaccine, massive money should have been spent producing hundreds and millions and millions of tests where you could tell the result right away and they would be available easily to everybody all over the place. And people should have been tested like crazy. You walk into an office building, get tested. You go to work, get tested. You go to a baseball game, get tested. And have the test so that it doesn't take any time. It's just a swatch or a, uh, or peeing into a cup. And that, that would have meant, and then you, the vaccines would be important, but not that important. And uh, we didn't do that. We focused on vaccines, perhaps because there was money to be made off vaccines, not money off testing. Producing 500 million tests doesn't generate much profit for anybody. Developing a new vaccine sure does because you can set your price. It's a new thing, and you've got lots of R&D involved with it. So for whatever reason, the emphasis was on vaccines, not on testing. Here I think Trump missed the ball. He should have focused as much on testing as he did on vaccines. I told him that at the time. So I think that we're, that we have got to move away from vaccines and move in favor of testing and increasingly therapeutics. Uh, we are, they are developing drugs that really can cure COVID. And there's no reason to obsess on prevention when there is this availability for cure. I'm pro-vaccine. I think everybody should get it. I've had three of them. And, uh, I believe that they make more. I'll gladly have more. But, uh, I believe that the, that there are other things you can do uh, that we should be exploring before we fire people from their jobs for not doing it. So the G7 meeting is going on now, and Biden is unveiling a strong push uh, to take care of climate change. But the members of the G7, uh, the United States, Canada, Britain, France, Germany, Italy, and, uh, one, and Spain, uh, are all, uh, Japan, I'm sorry, are all getting together to plan how to reduce carbon emissions. But they account collectively for only about 40% of the world's carbon emissions. Where's the other 60%? China, who isn't there, who's not at the conference, who's not limiting climate change emissions. Climate is, China is building new coal-fired plants as fast as we can close our coal-fired plants. And the result is... So why don't we demand that China come and give an accounting of why it is switching to coal? Now, a good part of the reason why China is switching to coal and is that the United States is trying to minimize natural gas because the green agenda calls for it. Uh, the idiots that are piloting the green movement haven't put two and two together to realize that when they cut back on pipelines, cut back on fracking – cut back on offshore drilling, 
cut back on natural gas production, duh, the price of natural gas rises. And when the price of natural gas rises, coal has to take its place, which per BTU has twice the carbon emissions of natural gas. But the Greenies are such purists, they basically take the view that if you can't heat your home with solar and with thermal energy and with uh, wind turbines, freeze in the dark. Uh, Because we do not want you, whatever happens, to burn anything that causes fossil fuels. Whereas natural gas is completely available and would deal with this situation entirely. In fact, the United States had been using coal to generate 53% of its electricity 10 years ago. Then we cut back on coal, cut back on coal, not from the government, but because natural gas prices dropped, uh, because the supply increased because of fracking and drilling and pipelines and liquid natural gas facilities. And when we're drowning in natural gas, the price dropped to a point where coal was too expensive. So plants said, I'm not going to spend 70 bucks per BTU for coal. I'm going to spend 30 or 20 with natural gas. So they switched to natural gas plants. And as a result, our use of coal dropped dramatically. The United States went from depending on coal for 53% of its electricity to depending on coal for 21% of its electricity over the last 10 years. And during the Trump administration, the United States cut its emissions of carbon by 800 million metric tons. That is more than the total carbon emissions of Japan, of the whole country. And it's more than the rest, the cuts of the rest of the world combined. So all these other countries that followed the green agenda and let themselves be sign the Paris Accords and followed them actually cut their emissions by less than the United States did. And the reason for that is because we really went on a binge to develop natural gas and they didn't. And this is creating wonderful things for the climate as a result of the United States taking this prescient action. But where's China? Where the hell is China? U.S. has cut its carbon emissions from 41% of the world's emissions to 19. Europe has cut its emissions from about 35% to about 11. Japan has gone from about 20% to 7. Even India, with the population about equal to China's, has cut its emissions to a point where it now is only 10% of global emissions. And China is over 50%. So what we're doing is we're, we're I mean, it's insane what, what the world is round, you know, guys. And carbon that comes from the east half of the world is just as bad as carbon that comes from the west half of the world. It all mixes up in the atmosphere and it all causes climate change. So, What are you doing letting China off the hook? And these G7 countries are posturing, oh, we're going to get serious. What are you going to do, completely eliminate carbon emissions? By the way, recycled energy, renewable energy, is still a a chimera, a facade. Uh, We get 7% of our electricity from uh, water, which which is renewable and does work, hydropower. 
we get about 18% from nuclear power, which is very clean. But when you look at solar energy and thermal and wind turbine, that comes to 13% of our energy, of our generation capacity. That's bupkis. And almost nothing of our cars. Half of our emissions are for electricity. Half of our emissions are for cars. We're doing nothing at the car sector. And recyclables are only able to cut our emissions from plants by 13%. So this is, this is ridiculous. And we're going along with this, uh, with Biden leading the charge. It's a bunch of politicians who have hyped this crisis to begin with, who have said it's a crisis when it's not, who have said that the world is coming to an end when it's not. Uh, the predictions were incredible that people made. They said that uh, in, in Britain, one of the leading climate scientists said by the year 2010, snow would be a very rare thing in Britain. Duh. Tell the kids building snowmen that. Uh, they said that the, that the global warming would make, uh, certain countries completely underwater until at that point. Didn't happen. So with this, these alarmist predictions and everything, they are forcing us to completely change our electricity, our power grid, and all of that while they're letting China off scot-free. And this is not just an issue of, oh, why am I being punished when China's not? Or China will have an economic advantage over the United States. You don't even have to reach that. The world is round. So what China emits is as bad as what the United States emits. So why don't you go haunt their house? They're the ones that ought to be attacked. They're the ones where the embassy ought to be demonstrating in front of. They're the ones you ought to be pressing. But of course you can't because you get killed or boycotted or sent to a re-education camp in that wonderful country. Let's go to Nick in Fairhaven, New Jersey. Hi, Nick. Nick, my original point is about the virus, but I have some notes on carbon and socialism. Good. Uh, yeah, it's not really emission. We should be calling it carbon binding because carbon combustion binds CO2, and ice cores only measure carbon. Which uh, cannot CO2, be folks, is carbon dioxide. If you flunked high school chemistry, go on. <laughs> go ahead. D, D, it can't be de-atomized, or I haven't looked into what that process is, but that's socialism. And what world is socialism gentrification or taking labor's means to choose? I mean, um, from my historical context here, Marx was talking about uh, Odessa and my ancestors uh, being. Polish, Italian, American. We, I guess, fled after the pogroms. Yeah. Communism, uh, you yeah, know, I'm not market. Cut you off because we're coming to a break. But thank you for calling. Um, let's go to Bill in Manhattan. Hi, Bill. Hello, hello, hello. How are you doing? I'll be quick. Thank you for having me on. You're welcome. Uh, thank you for the service you provide. I just want to bring a couple of things. The bottom line is half a million dollars for people who came here illegally. Some are gang members. And what about, what about American veterans, American military and NATO who are separated from their wives, husbands, and children? Yeah. What about that? Are they yeah. going to get half a million dollars? Yeah. I'm an American Marine veteran. I've been fighting oh, the good. VA for 42 years. Thanks. They me compensation. Thanks for your service. Thanks for your service. Um, let's go to Walker in Paramus. Hey, Walker. Hey, Dick. Uh, two things. 
Governor Murphy got a buy. He had a disaster of a snowstorm in 2018, November 15th. Mm. He never declared a state of emergency. People are mm. still stuck in traffic. Now, they're home by now. <laughs> but what they did is a contingency plan. They like to, you know, overreact, the knee jerk, like yeah. with the climate change. They, you had a quarter inch of snow. Every snowstorm out there was just a mere quarter inch. It was a dusting. They put out a half inch of salt. It destroyed the cars. Cars got ruined, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, I lost brake lines, and I know a lot okay. of other people did. There were accidents, and and he said nothing. There was no press conference. It was the same time as the League of Municipalities meeting, and supposedly he was half in a bag. Yeah, okay. Well, that's good. Sometimes I wish he'd be fully in a bag because he could do less damage that way. You know, in, in the radio station, when we get a caller who's, you know, kind of loud and noisy like we had a minute ago, uh, I give my producer a signal, and he looks through the glass, and that means that he cuts the caller off and goes to another one. But the habit is contagious, so I've been doing that at home when I want to shut people up. <laughs> you know, it's a bad idea. It really, it really screws up your domestic life, really, big time. <laughs> So we talked today about how the New Jersey and the Virginia governor's races are closing fast and the Republicans are coming on very strong because Biden is endorsing their opponents and the drag that he's causing is bringing them down, down, down. And if we, if the Republicans win in Virginia and New Jersey, I do not believe that Biden will have the political clout to make his congressman walk the plank and vote for $2 trillion of spending and taxes. I don't think he can do it. We talked about the vaccine mandates with the insanity that the people that are being fired for not being vaccinated are willing to take tests that show they're not carrying the disease in the first place. So being fired for not being vaccinated against a disease that they don't have and can't carry. Absolutely unbelievable. And we talked about how the children are being forced to take this vaccine when fewer than 500 children, 202 actually, under the age of four, have died from COVID over the last two years. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 